The scripture for today's sermon comes from Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. The word of God speaks to us like this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for I behold, I, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be, be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of God to us. Thanks, Riggins. Man, didn't he do a good job? Good job, Riggins. Yeah, Riggins, Riggins serves on our fourth and fifth grade leadership team, which is a collection of fourth and fifth grade leaders that weekly serve their younger peers in kids' church and help with uh, craft and game and all those things. And so, Riggins, really grateful for you. Thank you for leading our church this way this, uh, today. Thanks, buddy. Um, my name is Dylan Watts. I get to serve here as the kids director, and it is a joy and a privilege to be with you today and open God's word. Uh, kids in the room get to hear me a lot, but I'm really grateful to get to uh, open God's word before you today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter two. And while you're turning, I uh, want you to think back to a moment where you have had to wait, particularly had to wait for something you really wanted. For me, as Dylan mentioned, I'm about to be a dad. And that is the most exciting and terrifying thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And I'm sure in a few weeks when he's here, we'll talk again and you'll tell me, how scared are you now? And I'll say way more scared. But in this moment, I'm terrified. But this Advent season for me has been a unique one because you know I've waited for things before and I've looked forward uh, to things before, but never have I longed to meet someone like I've longed to meet my son. Never have I waited for every hour feels a little bit longer in this moment. And even now we're really close and we've already worked out a little hand signal. So if I land it really quick, you know what's going on. You just, just be prepared, that is a possibility. I, I, I just know that day when I get to meet my son, uh, my heart will be filled with joy. In the Advent season, that's what we've been doing. We've been longing and waiting for the birth. And we look back and put ourselves in that, in that position. We also put ourselves in a position of longing and waiting for his return. But what's really cool is that today, as Dylan said, Christmas tide is a moment where the baby has been born. We get to rejoice. We get to come together today and sing that he has been born. 
And this text is that. This text for us is an announcement that the Savior of the world is here. And that's good news. That's good news that changes everything. That's good news that that means something. And it's good news that, that works in our hearts. So I want us to see three aspects to that good news today. The first being that good news casts out fear. If you're there in Luke chapter two, look back at verse one. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and lineage of David. And he was to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The scene is familiar to us. We've heard this read, even maybe part of your family tradition, you've read this, this text along your family. And Luke helps, is, uh, helps paint for us some, some moments we can point to on the map of time and say, okay, what was going on at this point? Where were we in the story? Reminds us that this guy named Caesar Augustus who ruled the world at this point was giving a decree that they need to be registered. Kids, all that means, it's a head count. Maybe your mom does that before you get in the van, Um, but it's just a head count. The government is gathering everybody together to say, hey, how many people do we have in in our kingdom? And so this actually required a lot for them. They had to go back, back to a place that they were born. And for, for Joseph, this was Bethlehem. But this was not just a easy, happy trip. This actually was going to be hard. Why was it going to be hard? Because at this moment, when this decree went forth from Caesar Augustus, this changed all the plans for Mary. The family that she was going to have around her when she was going to give birth was no longer there. The birth plan and the system and all of the things that they had built was going to be gone. They were going to be alone. They were going to have to travel the 80-some-odd miles to go be alone in a town where they didn't know what kind of support or where they were even going to be. Luke tells us that Man, that's, that's a scary thing. Imagine being Mary in that moment, what you must feel. All the uncertainty, all of the, the questions, how am I going to do this? And Luke doesn't put a lot of color on it, but he says they, they get into Bethlehem. They don't have a place to be, but she gives birth. And we know from other contexts, she gives birth amongst animals and lays him, her new baby boy, in a manger where animals had eaten. She makes it clean. She takes care of her baby. Luke's also showing a little comparison in this this story. That word, uh, Caesar Augustus, that name actually means God, the Savior. This self-proclaimed title that Caesar Augustus had given himself, he, he was saying, hey, Caesar, meaning God, Augustus, meaning the Savior, hey, this is God in flesh, come worship me. That's what Caesar Augustus is saying every time he says his name. 
And he wanted to be the God for his people and the people around him in, the, in this kingdom wanted to worship him as the savior. And Luke subtly is saying to us, hey, that's a fake savior. Look at the one who is the savior who's been born. The, the God who is the savior is not Caesar Augustus because he will fade and pass. This savior is forever. And he did not come in, with, in into the kingdom just to rule and to reign. Actually, the way he came in was unlike any way we could imagine. He's now laying in a manger. But he is the savior of the world who will conquer much more than this world, but he will rule and reign forever. Luke is showing us this comparison saying, look to the one who is the true God, the Savior. Then the scene shifts here in verse 8. Looks to the quiet hillside where we see shepherds. Not a popular job, smelly, stinky, quiet all, a lot. You, you get a lot, of, a lot of really good stories, I'm sure, from the shepherds that they tell around the campfire. But the scene changes drastically when these quiet shepherds in the darkness of the hillside light shows up angel comes on the scene is in the sky and begins to speak to the shepherds and their response is your and i's response which is hide they were fearful they were scared they didn't know what was going on Tim Keller says it really well when he talks about this light. This light is not like the light switch that your parents flip on when you don't want to wake up and you hide under the bed covers. That's not the light we're talking about. This light is actually a light that, that invades the darkness. It actually exposes hearts of man. It says that there is a God and we are not him. This is the light of the glory of God that, that is filled around the angels and it fills the sky. And what was dark and quiet was now full of the glory of God and the angels cower. didn't know what was going on. And this is what happens here. Look at verse eight. It says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And then verse 10, it says, the first message the angel says to them, verse 10, fear not for behold, I bring you good news. This light that filled them, the first message of truth from the angel was, hey, don't be scared. This light is not here to crush you. This light is not here to condemn you. This light is not here to make things bad. Actually, this light is, is breaking forth to show you a glimpse of the glory of God to announce God has taken on flesh and dwelt among us. This light has broken forth to show good news. And even in Mary's fear, the move of, of the uncertainty of where she was going to have her baby and how she was going to have her baby. That, that speaks to her fear, this good news. It speaks to our fear today. Where are you fearful? Are you fearful today? Are you uncertain of, of this time? Are you in a season of doubting God's work? This good news that, that cast out fear is the same message that the angel sings over the shepherds. It's, hey, don't be scared. This light is not here. This good news is not here to crush you. It is here to proclaim great news. And the declaration of Christmas is that God has come to meet you, even in your fear. 
good news cast out fear. But it also, secondly, good news fills us with joy. Let's continue reading what the angel said in verse 10. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news that will be of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, uh, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This angel's pronouncement is not a simple and quiet one. This is a declaration of good news. This, this goes far beyond any news we've ever heard. This goes beyond any good news that we can think of. This goes beyond an announcement of a new coach for OU. Like this goes beyond good news. This is great news. And this great news replaces the fear with joy. This news fills us with joy. And imagine this scene for the shepherds. They're, they're fearful and they're coming out of that fear only to now be surrounded by light everywhere and the song breaking out from heaven saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those whom, with whom he is pleased. This is a announcement unlike any other. This is great news. This scene mimics what we see in the throne room scene in Revelation. It's a little taste of what John experienced in that vision where the, the creatures and the angels around say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This, this declaration is saying, hey, that is for God. Only God deserves that kind of praise. And this baby that we're singing about is God made flesh. He's worthy of that praise. Glory to God in the highest. This is good news. And almost as quickly as they come, they are gone. And I imagine the shepherds took a second, tried to shake it off. And they looked at each other, kind of all with the same thought. What are we going to do now? The Bible tells us they looked at each other and they went in haste to find the one they had told about. That word in haste actually clues us into a little bit of, of what was in their hearts. In haste, they went very fast. They went, to they went rejoicing, they went excited, they went expecting, they went in search of the one who would fill them with great joy. And they, they found the baby just as they had been told about laying in a manger, a quiet couple among the animals and all who were present. And they were in awe. They saw the beauty of the Savior of the world laying. And they couldn't even keep it in. They told all, all they could to Mary and Joseph about what they had experienced. And I love what, what the Bible clues us in on. If we look here, verse 19, it says, And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
Think about all that she's been through. Think about the moment when the angel said, you're going to have Emmanuel, God with us. Think about the moment with Elizabeth where she goes to her to seek comfort in all of the things that she was feeling in her heart. To hear the story of the way God announced the king of kings had come, oh, must have made her feel so seen by the Lord. Made her feel so comforted by the Lord made her feel so loved by the Lord. It must have made her heart fill with great joy. As it did the shepherds, the fear that was in her was now replaced by joy. And this is the same thing Christmas does for you and for me. This great news does for you and for me as it replaces our fear with our joy. And that joy comes from nothing in us, but it is given to us in a person. It is given to us in Jesus. This good news is rooted in great joy. And this is the type of news that has the ability to go places in us that no other news can go. No other word can go. Jesus is this joy. So do you lack joy today? Does this weekend feel just like simple platitudes? Like something we can do for this time and just throw off? This good news wants to fill you with great joy. The Savior has come. Good news casts out fear and the good news fills us with joy. Finally, the good news is for all people. I love this little glimpse as the way the, the shepherd goes away here at the end of our, our text. The shepherds literally can't hold in what they have experienced, so they just start telling everybody as they walk back to the hillside, walk back to the mundaneness of their life, the, the normal places, the way that they're gonna do their work. They walked away glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, and they were telling everybody who would hear Verse 18 says, and all who heard it wondered. Other, other ways say marveled. Not a, not a reference to Iron Man. They were in awe, in awe of what they had seen and what they had heard, that the Savior had been born. What a feat. Could it be? This good news is not just for those who were born in the right place at the right time. This good news is not for those in the right economic status or the, the, right, uh, the right political leaning. This good news is not, not for those who have been clued into the right things. This good news is for all people. And we know this by what Christ was going to grow to do. Because this baby would not just stay a baby. This baby would grow up with siblings and parents. This baby would, would play in the street. This baby would grow and learn to speak. It would, this baby would grow and learn a job and start to turn into a man. This baby turned into a man, would have a profession and help provide for his family with his mom and dad and siblings. This baby turned into a man that would begin to preach and teach saying the kingdom of God is at hand, pushing back darkness and healing those, giving us glimpses into that kingdom. 
this baby turned into a man would say, hey, I've come to seek and to save the lost. This baby turned into a man would make a lot of people angry and he would be arrested, tried wrongfully and hung on a cross. But that was all part of the plan. The baby turned into a man would become the sacrifice for you and for me. This baby turned into a man who would become our savior, would take the punishment that God had for your sin and mine. He would swap us places of where, where we deserve to be, paying for our sin, yet Jesus did it. He became the sacrifice. And the baby turned to a man, turned into our savior, would die paying for our sin. But the good news and why this news is even sweeter is that, that God made flesh. Baby turned man, turned savior, would not stay dead. This Jesus would raise three days later from the grave, defeating sin and death once and for all so that you and I now can be freed from our sin and death. The weight of sin and death that sits on us, we now can be saved. This is why he, we can sing glory to God in the highest. This is why we can sing holy, holy, holy. This is why we can sing the Savior has come because he has come to save us from our sin. And this is good news for all people. It is true that even a day like today, our, our joy can go up and down the places of life allow our fears to rise and fall. But the announcement of this good news and the announcement of this Savior reminds us that God knows us and he loves us and he has come to save us. And this good news cast out fear. It fills us with joy and it is for all people. This news goes beyond any other type of news because this news is the promise of God. And all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord.